Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 57 of the Audible Farm Podcast. This episode's brought to you by the one and only Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee fuels me every single day. Uh, without them, I would have nothing fueling me to wake up uh, on minimal sleep to drive bazillions of hours across the state back and forth to uh, my jobs and school and bands and podcasting and uh you know what i i need the coffee and if you need coffee too the best place to get it is couchtown coffee because they will ship it to your home that's right they will ship it to your home uh just like everything else that's awesome on the internet you can buy it and not even have to leave your house and it'll show up at your doorstep uh within a week it's amazing the, uh, one of the other cool things about this is the fact that you can save 20% because Couchtown Coffee believes in uh, local music and they're supporting this podcast and fueling me to keep keep everything going. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to keep, keep it between the lines and keep all four on the road. So, um, well, let's hope, let's hope I still got the audio for that. I, it looks like I dinked with something on my computer. No, we're still good. So Couchtown Coffee is going to let you save 20% on, on this week's order. And the code word this week, when you make an order, if you want to save 20% is chip. It's chip. And this week's code word is chip because I am sitting down talking with Chip Evans. Uh, chip Evans uh, and I have known each other for a while he played in the cave band uh, as well as Dago and Criminal History with uh, Nick Rosendahl. And Nick Rosendahl, I did a podcast with him a handful back. Um, Chip's been in a lot of different things. And we sit down and discuss uh, in, in quite a good format here uh, what, what he's done. And I've never... Okay, I had a lot of issues this week with scheduling and things like that. And, and Chip and I ended up doing a Skype cast. And uh, I just recorded his audio from Skype and did the best I could. And it actually sounds pretty good. So I want to say a big thanks to Chip for uh, working with my time constraints. And I want to say a big thanks to every one of you guys for tuning in. I uh, haven't talked to Chip in years. And uh, when I did talk to him, it was small talk. So it was kind of nice to sit down and, and actually get to, to I don't say, like relearn one another a little bit. But, it, you know, get that friendship back a little bit because it's kind of funny that... Uh, I'm not, you know, I met Chip when I wasn't very socially active and, uh, it was kind of crazy to just be like, I know this guy plays guitar and I, I it took me a second, but it's it like in the podcast, it sunk in and I was like, I've seen this guy play guitar before. I know I have. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fun podcast. We sit down and we kind of, you know, reunite once again and, uh, discuss what he's done. Uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. I didn't realize that him and, and Nick Rosendahl had such a past, uh, playing music together and, and, you know, one of the best parts about this podcast is uh, Chip leaves us with some pretty good advice at the end of it. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy. And uh, I, had a, I had tons of fun doing this doing this episode. So this is episode number 57 with Chip Evans. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. All right, so uh, I'm I'm sitting down today uh, via Skype with Chip Evans, and uh, you and I have talked about doing a podcast for a while, but just haven't haven't gotten to one. 
Um, right. I think a lot of that's just due to the fact that you and I are both busy people and we no longer live in the same area anymore necessarily, right? Right. Yeah. I'm about uh, three hours south of you now. So. Oh, geez. That's, that's yeah. crazy. So, uh, I mean, thanks to technology, we had to, I had to have Chip, I had to call him back a couple times to get this to finally work, but we got it going. So we're going to do a Skype interview and see how well it works. Um, you and I know each other, but not, um, we know each other from a small group of friends, but we haven't seen each other in ages. And I've never actually, right. I don't think I've ever actually seen you play guitar other than once. And I didn't know you were there until I was just like, that's Chip playing guitar. I believe you were playing at a winery, um, maybe in Fort Dodge area. Is that Soldier Creek? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, was it for like an art, art festival or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that was, uh, what, probably about two years ago, three yes, years ago. Yes, sir. About two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that art festival. That was a fun time. It was kind of chilly out that day. Yes, you are right. It was a little bit windy. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I wish I would have brought a lawn chair so I could have watched you guys play. You guys are damn good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so like it, it, we, we all enjoy it and, it and it really shows. So what band was it that, uh, you were playing with when you were playing there? Well, at the time, it was called the the Beaver Creek Trio. Yeah, I know that you've uh, like changed the name up a little bit here and there on the Beaver Creek thing. Well, let me explain that a little bit to you. About uh, right. seven, seven or eight years ago, well, we have to go back about 20 years, actually. Okay. Um, when I was about 18 years old, I started hanging out with this guy named Steve Moss. And uh, he was an aspiring guitar player, just learning how to play. Mm -hmm. I was a little bit farther along than him. And uh, I kind of wanted to take it to the point where I was on stage playing and he was just happy to kind of play on the couch, you know, and, and, and entertain his friends and stuff while drinking some beers. Yeah. And uh, so he kind of went his path and I went mine. I ended up joining the cave band in 93, completely lost touch. And uh, I went through my life. He went through his life. And then about uh, eight years ago, he's pulling. I was living with my brother and he's he's driving past. He stops and he gets out. He says, Chip Evans. Mm -hmm. I was like Steve, and we started talking, and and he had taken his his uh, his love of music, and he had decided to take it to stage, and he'd been in one band playing bass, so he was going to this place out uh, on Lone Tree Road. It was an awesome place. It was called the Meadow, and it was Rod Frias's place. Yeah, and, yeah, I remember uh, that. Yeah, and he had uh, a little uh, him and a friend of his started a little acoustic thing. And they called it the Beaver Creek Boys. Okay. And uh, he couldn't get uh, his buddy to really commit. So he asked me, and we started, the, we changed the name to just Beaver Creek, and we added Nathan Olinger on bass, and then Ricky Moore on drums, and we four pieced it. And uh, we started doing shows down there. And we got really popular really fast because Ricky, man, if you ever knew Ricky, he passed away about five years ago, I think. But if you ever knew Ricky, he was a consummate entertainer, man. I mean, the guy was sh always showing. He played a show down at the Meadow. Ice, I mean, it was just colder than hell out, and he played it in the nude. Holy cow. <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> yeah, imagine. He, he played it in the nude. And, you know, just stuff like that. One time he dressed up as Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, I mean, he was just a consummate entertainer, and it was so much fun. And, you know, technically – the cave band was the best band I've ever been in, but mm -hmm. as far as fun goes, yeah. Beaver Creek, man, it just blew it away. It just blew it away. 
But yeah. anyway, so Nate's had decided that she wanted to quit. She was getting married, and they wanted to relocate and stuff. And so the band kind of broke up. So I started my own little acoustic thing, and I called it Chip Evans and Friends. And I'd have friends get up and, and perform with me. That's amazing. And, I love that yeah. concept of of a like a quote unquote band because it gives you the ability to like always bring in Broke whoever. Up. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was saying like I love the ability to do that with Go a ahead. band because it gives you like the ability to bring in whoever else you want and and to do whatever else you want. Well, not only that, but you know, if, when you're playing with the same group of people all the time, yeah, you get really tight mm-hmm. and you get to know what each other's gonna do. But when you start playing with people that you don't normally play with, you get a little bit of spontaneity there where it's like, oh, he's doing this. Let me try this. Yeah. You know, experimentalism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people think that that's better off happening at practice, but a lot of times it can be magical live, too. Oh, yeah. There's there's some of that stuff that happens live where you like almost you almost stop playing and turn to the guy next to you and you're just like, holy crap, that sounded good. And you just I don't know. You're right. Yeah. And or like just turn and stop playing and laugh and go, what was that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we're all guilty of one of those moments or so. <laughs> Been there, done that. Yep. So anyway, um, so I, I did that for about a year, and then uh, I asked Mike Hogan, a really good friend of mine that was a karaoke singer, to join me full time, and we went by the name Too Fat to Kidnap. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. <laughs> and we borrowed a buddy's Toyota. And, uh, I, I, he, we dressed him up like a, a mask, a mask. And he had like a toy gun, a, a blue toy, one of them two blue, like bubble gun things that shoot out the balls, Yep. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I, he's like looking like he's pushing me in the trunk of this Toyota car with this gun <laughs> like this, with this mask on and it says too fat to kidnap. Above <laughs> <it>. <laughs> That's hilarious, man. So was that was that yeah, like an album cover or just like your your promo pick for the band or? Yeah, just the poster. That's you know, hilarious. Send out posters so they can advertise you. Mm-hmm. And then anyway, we got to playing down at the meadow a couple of times, and Steve joined us once. He says, "Hey, we're the Beaver Creek Trio," so that's how that all started. Oh, nice. And yeah, and then it would just it just ballooned from there. We added Tracy, and we became the Beaver Creek Four. And then after a couple changes. Now we're up to five members, so we're just Beaver Creek again. Mm-hmm. We've got Rick McClintock on the Cajon, which he's – I'm going to let the cat out of the bag. We haven't told anybody this yet except for close members and family of the band, but Rick's going to be switching to an electronic drum drum kit. Cool. Within Before the end of the year. So, That's and we awesome. Just added, we just added a bass player. His name is uh, – Owen O'Brien and uh, Tracy Ernst, the guitar player, that's his grandson. And the guy, the kid is so good. I mean, he's like, he's, he's only been playing for a couple of years and he's way better than I could ever play bass. And it's just like, wow, you're just, I mean, he's playing like, like schism by tool oh, and geez. stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> I love yeah and I'm just like, wow. And then we got myself and, and that's the band. Who was who the other and one? I think I feel like I, I'm sorry. I feel like I interrupted you there. Uh, you said Schism by Tool. Who else was in the band? Oh, uh, St- uh, then me and Steve Moss. St- Steve Moss. I think that was the one I missed. I was talking and I didn't get that one in there. Yeah, sorry about that. And, no, that's uh, cool. I-, I went through all that and I-, I don't remember what your original question was. Now 
No, I, I don't even know what the original question was was either. <laughs> I uh, oh yeah, I remember seeing you at that at that art show and stuff, and I asked you how that all came about because I oh, I had known the I had known the Beaver Creek name um, has been around for a while. You know, it's, I've seen it on Facebook and uh, around town because you know the Fort Dodge area. You guys used to play a lot of shows around that area, and so I'd, I'd see advertisements for your shows and things like that. So I knew you guys existed in some capacity, whether or not it was. Beaver Creek Trio, Beaver Creek, Beaver Creek Four, whatever it was. So, right, and uh, yeah, so we're just kind of we're getting ready. We just started. We just learned. You know how you're doing shirts? Yes. Just learned to do them by ourselves. Oh, cool. So we don't order shirts from anybody. We make them ourselves. That's even better. I, I can I can disseminate that information to you later over on uh, Facebook if you'd like. Yeah, that sounds it's so great, easy man. and so expensive. Yeah, I'll have to check it out, man. Anyway, yeah. Um, so we just, this Sunday, we just got together. We did a bunch of new shirts, and uh, we tried out some new techniques and stuff. And uh, um, we're taking some time off because we're, we're doing some recording, and uh, cool. we're going to release a CD next year. A CD and next year. So yeah. How about shows? What kind of shows do you guys? Do you have any shows coming up, or are you just going to wait until you're done in the studio before you take to playing more shows? Oh. back out of this if i'm gonna lose you so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna go from memory um i've got uh i got a poor connection right now hold on yeah that's fine we could we could probably end the video portion of this and it would increase the uh let's see here camera let's see can you still hear me yep all right so there's uh all right so uh so uh i believe i asked you what what kind of shows and stuff yeah um, November, um, we've got all the rest of October off. Um, we had originally planned to do some recording this month, but, uh, family stuff came up with different mem members of the band and, uh, we ended up actually, it's kind of on ironic that we're doing this now because if we would have waited about a month, yeah, I would be moving back up there again because my wife got a job back up there. So we're going to be relocating it toward the end of the month. So we're busy packing every weekend. Ah, man. So you're you're getting in getting ready to move, so everybody's kind of busy right now. You got a you're packing up shop, but you're also getting ready to go in the recording studio as well. So it's kind of kind of a hectic time for you as far as playing wise. But I do know you you play a lot of shows in the summertime. As a matter of fact, I pulled up your Facebook uh here, and Facebook's not always indicative of what shows people play if you go to the events section, but you definitely played about what is it? Eight, it says there's eight shows in the summertime, so that's one every other week you you played at least in the summertime. Oh yeah, but that's uh, that's just if what. You down, if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see our schedule for the summer. Okay, there's more like there's more like thirty something shows. Yeah, I was. I mean, and I just went to the events page, but the events page on Facebook is not always a good place. Oh yeah, here we go. I mean, it's just it's nonstop rails and Eagle Grove. You're going to Gilmore City right. days. I mean, nonstop. It's yeah, the whole thing. Every post is just like show 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 right so what kind yeah, of so we've been we've been really busy this summer i think it's the busiest i've ever been in this band heck yeah man chris carr opened up for you one night even that's pretty sweet dang that yeah, would have been, been a great yeah. show to go to he always kicks ass yeah dude that's another like he's like one of my favorite performers in Fort dodge him and jeremy ober yes i mean that's easily the best two easily the best two 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to down on anybody in the Fort Dodge area either, but like they play so many shows that I think they're well polished, you know? Well, not only that, but when you look at, I mean, look at Jeremy's songwriting, man. He's just such an incredible writer, man. I'm envious of I'm, every single one of you guys that can write songs because my music writing ability is low on the charts. It's, uh, it's definitely a lot of times it's trial and error, man. I mean, you start and then you throw it away and then you start again. It's just, you just do it over and over until you got something that you think is good. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, taste is subjective. So what you think is good, most everybody else could think sucks, you know? So you just got to kind of take that into account. And my problem is, is I don't like basic music. I don't like three chord stuff. And that's the I thing. Like, I like progressive. I like, Kansas. I like King's X. I like anything that's progressive. Progressive blues, Cry of Love. Um, and that's, anything that goes against the normal. And that's I agree with that a hundred percent because that's one reason I don't consider myself a good songwriter is is like by the super generic aspects of it. Yes, I can write music, but like you said, if if all you're writing is one four five, it gets kind of boring after a while. Right. Right. And I mean, anybody can 12 bar blues it up um, with the best of them. But, you know, yeah. nobody. You know, nope. like, like I said, there's some there's some out there that are just so good. I mean, have you ever listened to Cry of Love before? No. I'll, you I'll, ever heard the song Peace Pipe? Nope. I'm going to write it down. Yep. Check it out, man. They're just uh, that one and Too Cold in the Winter. Right. They're just so good. And they're blues. I mean, they're straight blues. But they're so different than anybody else. Sweet. I always and that's why the Black Crows got so big, because even though they were straight blues, they were different. They yeah. They, it, wasn't, it wasn't the dun, 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 dun. Yeah, and there's, you no, know? there's nothing wrong with that, but that also like has been overplayed since 1920. And, right, right, exactly. And I'm not down, I'm not downing on anyone, because that's, you know, like my abilities, it's not like I'm bad at playing guitar, but... I can I can rock some twelve bar blues with you if you want. You know that's what I cut my teeth on. That's what everybody cut their teeth on. But you know, twelve bar blues. It's it is what it is. Right. I think that's how everybody starts out, man. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the riffs, very riffs I ever learned when I started playing guitar was just the the an A dun 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 dun, and then I learned breaking the chains by docking. <laughs> it's like oh, that's my first guitar and only two guitar lessons. And those were your first and only two guitar lessons. That's pretty wicked. Yeah. And then I just kind of went off from there. I mean, I, after I took them two lessons and I realized how, how hard it was going to be to learn to play guitar, I put my guitar in the corner for about two years until I met somebody that was about on the same page as me. Mm-hmm. And we just took We just started learning, teaching each other, buying guitar magazines, learning from them. Dude, I totally agree with that method. That's what got me going, too, was like... I surrounded myself with like some of the best guitarists and they're like, just play this. And it's like, and I was like, I can't do that. I don't even know what the hell's going on. You know, I have to memorize fret numbers and strings. And then after a while, it was like, I I found a guy, it was, his name was Dan Blair and him and I were like on the same level where it's like, we can play power chords, open chords, all this other (laughs) stuff. But like, as far as learning theory and like writing music, that was the first place we went was the blues. And it was an easy way to bounce ideas off each other. You know, sure. How long you been playing, brother? Uh, I started when I was like 16, but then I quit from like 20-ish until like 25 or so, I mean, right. 27, you know, I just, 
didn't have anybody to play with and didn't know where to go with it. So I just kind of quit, I guess. Do you know much about uh, actual like musical theory or anything like that? Or are you just like a, a feeling player? I took music theory class in high school. So I know about theory, um, but I learned how to translate theory uh, like on, on a staff and with a piano. So I've had to like translate it all to a guitar from there, which isn't hard, but it's still... I don't know. I play a lot more by feel. I learned a handful of scales that I feel like fit my style the best, but I'm always looking to like bridge out somewhere. Cause that's, sure. that's always the hardest thing is once you plateau, where do you go from there? Yeah. You get used to doing the same thing over and over again. It's hard to find, get, it's hard to get outside of that box, man. Let me ask you this. How do you, how do you get outside of that box then? Cause you're a pretty damn good guitar player. Liquor didn't do it for me because with liquor, I, 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 I'm such a big guy. It takes so much to get me drunk. I would drink so fast. I would never hit that spot where I'd get creative. I'd get to, I'd pass that spot and get to sloppy. Yeah. I mean, I was never any good at doing anything while drinking. I will be the first one to admit that, uh, whether it be like playing guitar or making decisions. <laughs> right, right. I've never known anybody to get drunk and smart. No, no. I've seen people get drunk and get really good at pool. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, wish that, I wish that worked that way on guitar i probably wouldn't have quit drinking seven years ago yeah i mean i got two years under my belt I've, i think that's becoming a slightly common practice though there's i've found a lot of people who play guitar that don't drink anymore and it's not like it's a bad thing to drink but it's just by choice you know I th- it's you th- just like when i was in the cave band it was like party 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 because i was a young kid you know i mm-hmm. was just like party 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 get as drunk as i can throw up party some more and the nick when when we did when you did your interview with nick i listened to most of it Mm -hmm. but my old lady got tired of it and i haven't gotten back to it yet i I missed like the last 20 minutes did he ever get did he ever tell you about the time that him and i i think it was during an eight-bait weekend we uh we drank a pony keg between us no yeah and uh we ate a pot of chili (laughs) <laughs> they're all fucked up man it was oh my so gosh much fun. we used to do shit like that all the time dude you know and that's a different thing though is like people don't understand being in a band how much people just like feed you drinks and hospitality it's like a humbling and b you don't want to be mad and c you're just like yeah i'll take beer and and free chili or like whatever you know like but it's right? it is so weird i was telling somebody like i i used to go to shows and people would just like we're all doing shots. I got you a shot. And it's like, I don't drink, but if, you know, if you want to have this shot, you can have it. And they're like, take it. And it's, I'm not going to take it. I'm sorry. And then they get all mad because I'm not going to take the shot. But that's kind of what it's like sometimes. If it's just one shot and somebody buys it for me, I will do it because one shot ain't going to mess me up. Mm-hmm. But I won't do more than one or two shots in a night. Mm-hmm. You know, um, hell, uh, Nick and Sean... Uh, Sean Wilson, lead singer for the Cave Band, and I, we used to go to the Unicorn back in the day. And the Unicorn is called the Poor House now. It's right on the corner there on Main Street in Humboldt. Yep. And uh, Phil McCormick owned it back then. And we used to go there, and we'd take our – me and Nick would take an acoustic guitar. We'd take Wilson, and we used to go there, and we'd sit at the end of the bar, and we'd play all night and just get freaking ripped for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, just for fun, dude, you know? It's kind of like, and people would be buying the shots. We'd have like seventeen shots a piece set up there, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm working on them. There's like a pyramid of them stacked up next right, to you. Right, right. 
Yeah. I mean, we used to have some partying times, man. I, and, you know, I look back at them and I'm like, wow, that was a lot of fun. I wish I could still do that, but that just ain't going to happen nowadays, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we play a one o'clock show and I turn into a pumpkin. <laughs> the one in the afternoon oh. show? No, if we play till one o'clock in the morning, I turn into a pumpkin, dude. Oh, oh gosh. Yeah, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> like, I will. I mean, but most of my shows but, are in Des Moines. But, yeah, I, I will too, but it's like, man, I get past midnight and I'm like, mine <laughs> 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 starts wandering. I'm singing the same verse over and over in a song and <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, that's. I'm definitely guilty of that, especially at jam nights. Um, I think every time I've tried to play Lagrange at a jam night, I go through the first verse at least once every time because uh, I'm like, <laughs> like there's something about, and then now nah, no, we're going to talk about how we're going to go to Lagrange still. No, yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> oh, uh, that I mean that happens though too. Like um, I've seen people. I don't know. That's one of the best parts about having like a slightly flexible band, though, too, is if you have to do something off the cuff, like, oh, I'm, I missed a verse. Take it around again. You know, it's a little more difficult right. with some bands than it is others. Yeah. And that's what's real cool about Beaver Creek. You know, they're not they're not as experienced as I am. Um, but one thing that I, I have been able to teach them over the over <laughs> over the past few years that we've been doing this is if I miss something, I'm eventually going to get back to it. Just follow me. Yep. Yeah. You know, and that, I feel I feel like the benefit of that is like some of it just comes from playing a lot together and getting used to um, not necessarily who the who the general is on stage, but, you know, kind of getting used to who to follow or or at what point in time do I take whose lead? You know, I, right. I can liken that to uh, I played a show this weekend. There was one song. We've played it in Three Finger Betty a million times. We're off by like half a beat somehow. I don't know who's off, but we're off. And I don't you hate that, dude? It's like it, it feels wrong, but it's like, God, how do I fix this? Exactly. So I'm bouncing back and forth between the guitarist and the drummer, and the guitarist and the drummer, and and, I'm, and eventually everything just got back together after a few beats. But it was like, what is going on here? And then I don't know who fixed it, but one of those two guys gave the other one the nod and fixed it. You know, so that's weird. Well, that, yeah, you know when it's when it's a bass player and a drummer. It's easy. I mean, if they get off, it's easier for them to fix because all the drummer's got to do is not, not on one. Mm-hmm. And the bass player knows where he's at. Yeah, you know? that totally makes Yeah, yeah, that totally <laughs> makes sense. Right, you know? And then it's the same thing with guitar. If you're playing guitar, right, are you ready for this piece of – this this juicy piece of advice here? Let's hear it. If you're playing guitar, no matter what note you hit, no matter what note you hit, you are half a step away from a correct note. That's that's very true. You just need to learn you just need to learn your intervals well enough to know whether you have to slide up one or slide down one. Yeah. That totally you fixed your solo right there. Yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And you know, that's like crazy stuff too, is like I love listening to that kind of stuff because it's like it's, it almost sounds obvious when you say it like that out loud, like I should have thought of it originally. <laughs> but Right, right. It's like common sense. But, you know, you, unless you're sitting there looking at a chart, you can't really see that. No. No. You know, it, it's true. I mean, when you're – it's the truth. You're always, you're always one half step away from a correct note. 
That's pretty wild. I, so it's either one note up or down, man. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Oh, man. So what kind of crazy shows have you played? Have you played, like, big shows? I know that uh, if anybody... Like, let's just imagine people... Excuse me. Let's just imagine people haven't listened to the the Nick podcast. What kind of what kind of big shows have you played? Because I know you have kind of traveled the U.S. a bit playing shows. Yeah, I played with Dago and Criminal History. We traveled quite a bit, and uh, we opened up for uh, uh, Con- uh, Confederate Railroad down in Mississippi. We played in St. Louis. We played over Colorado. Uh, a couple times, a couple different places in Colorado. We played, uh, we played, the farthest we went is all the way out in Maine. We played, um, Dega was the southeastern chapter of the, of, of a biker club. I'm not going to mention their name because I don't know if they would like that or not, but, uh, That's of cool. a biker club. He, he was the president. And, uh, we went out and we played, uh, the national party for another biker club who, just years before this, the biker club that Dago was affiliated with and this other biker club would, would kill each other if they saw them on the streets. Okay. So we went out there and we played for this deal. And we kind of like to think that we kind of helped broker the peace between them, you know. And I'll tell you what, man. I, I've never been treated like more of a king in my life, man. It was like they provided everything, man. And when I say it mean everything, when I say everything, I mean everything. That's crazy. And, uh, and we ended up walking out of there with like $600 a piece and for, for two nights, you know, of course it was like 24 hours to get out there and 24 hours to get back driving. But, uh, and then the guy, when we were, uh, when we were getting paid, the guy that came to the stage, he was strapped. He had a gun and oh, geez. All the and Dago just took it in stride and, and, uh, Gave him a hug, and the guy paid him no problems at all. I mean, the first night we were there, they served us surf and turf, man. It was awesome. Dude, that's insane. Right, and that was fresh Maine lobster. While I don't like lobster, I sure like the steaks. Yeah. I don't, but, li- um, I don't like lobster either. Don't, don't feel bad. And then the next morning, after the last show, the next morning we're tearing down, you know. I mean, we tore down the night before, but we're, like, uh, getting the little shit put away and packed up and stuff. And, and uh some guy from down in the campground said, came up and said, Hey man. And one of Dago's color is one of Dago's songs is called when to put my wheels in. Okay. And, uh, the, the, one of the main lines in the song is bury me with my colors on. And one di- dude from this biker club came out there and said, bury me with my colors on, man. That was fucking righteous. That's and then crazy. all these dudes just came up from the campground and they started carrying our gear down this muddy hill to our van we didn't have to move shit that's wild isn't that crazy man yeah dude you, so you definitely were getting treated like kings by everybody like yeah it was awesome dude but my favorite gig and i, I always like to talk about this gig because it's hands down my favorite show that i've ever played out of every show i've ever played and i played we've played with 38 special we played with quiet riot we played with Molly Hatchet. Cool. Uh, Head, um, you, wait, did you, say, Boy, you, you said Head East? Head East, Lover Boy. Head East twice. Crazy. Uh, Lover Boy. Yeah, actually, one time we opened up for Head East the first time, and that was the first year I was in the cave band, 93. And then later on in the 90s, they opened up for us at AB. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so it was pretty badass. And um, so we've opened up for all these bands, but the first year we played A-Bait, and we, we knew 
when I joined the K band, I, I joined playing bass. They needed a bass player, and I wasn't a bass player. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I picked up bass and I learned to play forty songs in two weeks, but I still wasn't a bass player. I was a guitar player, player playing bass, and uh, they knew that. And uh, but I was good because their old bass player Luby loved the guy. He was awesome, but he couldn't do the fast licks. I could do all the fast licks, right? Mm-hmm. And so they liked that. They liked that about me. And uh, so um, that first year that we played a bait. Um, we played the main stage, the opening slot. And after us, it was, uh, I think it was, I think, I think it was Crow was the first band after this. And then Atlanta Rhythm Section and then Ozark Mountain Daredevils. Dude, that's cool as hell. And. Oops, hold on a second. My oh, God. Oh, sorry, I lost you there. They were oh. I got you back. I got you back? Yep. You guys knew how to do what they were doing, man. They were so good and so tight. And they played, oh, man, uh, Atlanta Rhythm Section did, uh, where were you in 69, smoking dope and doing lines, just an outlaw, yeah, homesick and so into you and Champagne Jam. And then Ozark got up there and they did Chicken Train. And But let me tell you about the first band. All right. The first band in Ozark, of course, they did "If You Want to Get to Heaven," which is like a rock anthem, if there was ever a rock anthem. Um, the first band. Let me tell you about this first band. This first band was Crow, and they were from Minnesota. And uh, we actually Black Sabbath covered one of their songs called "Evil Woman," and we learned the Black Sab- Sabbath version of the, that song. And uh, they got up there, and they uh, dude, they're the hands down one of the best bands I've ever seen, and I've seen like Metallica. And all these other bands, you know, that are just huge, you know. And these guys were the, the hands down the best band I've ever seen. Their singer was a consummate showman. Uh, their guitar player, their keyboard player, their, their player. Oops, lost top you. Top-notch professional musicians, man. And, uh, oh, sorry. No, that's cool. I lost you for a second there when you were talking about the musicians in the band. But, yeah, I got the gist yeah. of it. Like, every single one of the guys in the band is top-notch. Yeah, top notch, man. And I mean, their their guitarist's name was Paul, and uh, their lead singer's name was Dave, and their acoustic player's name was uh, Melanie, and I can't remember the rest. But anyway, the next year, I think it was the next year. I'm pretty sure it was the next year. Uh, Nick and I are walking through the park, and we're playing there again, or maybe it was a couple of years later. I don't remember. We're playing there again. We had gone up and talked to the band at the end of that first performance that we saw. Yeah, And I, I talked to the guitar player for a little bit, Paul. And a couple years later, I think it was, we were playing there again. And Paul walks right up to us and Nick starts talking to him. And Paul looks at me and he goes, hey, you were here the last time we played here. And he starts <laughs> me. And as it turns out, I'm pretty sure it was that same night. We, we played that night and then Crow, or no, Crow played that night and then we closed after Crow. And... Uh, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened to me. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, let's hear it. Are you sitting down? Yeah. All right, here we go. So we get up and we do our set, man. And we got what one of our big things was after the main band was done, we had our stuff all set up off stage. We just had to carry it on stage, plug in and go so we could keep the crowd. Because yep. we knew if we could catch the crowd before they left, we could keep them because we were really good. Yeah, and that's not a big head. That's just the way it was. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
um, we get done playing and we played all of our songs, man, every song we know, except for the two crow songs we know. So we asked Dave, their lead singer, if we could do them. And he said, sure, go ahead. Even though they'd already performed them, you know? Mm -hmm. So we get up there and we start on evil woman and lo and behold, here comes crow. They get up on stage and, and their guitar player takes Dean's guitar and, uh, Dean's running around. Dean, our other guitar player, is running around with a tambourine, and Dave and Sean are both singing, and and Melanie's up there singing, and the keyboard player's up there playing tambourine, and the drummer's playing the left hand side or, or the right hand side of Nick's kit while Nick's playing the uh, left hand side, and they played both songs with us, dude, and that was the highlight of my musical career right there. That's wild. That's super that, crazy. That's that super crazy. I can't believe that. Like I couldn't imagine playing a playing a cover of a song and having the band that originally wrote it come up and play along with you. Yeah, it was, uh, it was definitely one of them, uh, things that, uh, just, you just never forget, man. And then when we were done, we had this great big van, we called it the, the, the pig. And it was, uh, like this red and silver Dodge van extended van and it was all dusty. And they wrote, they'd written stuff like crow loves the cave band and all this shit on there. We partied with them all night long, dude. That's awesome. That's super cool. <laughs> Man, I mean, um, I'm sure you've you've had like a decent amount of run-ins with pretty famous musicians just having the ability to share the stage with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't a lot of times they're I mean, they've been doing this for so long that they really don't want to deal too much with uh you know, with you know, um the lesser talent. Yeah. But every once in a while, I mean, um like I said Crow was the standout for me. They were the, they were the most fun people I've ever met. Sean, I guess he had he hit it off really well with Loverboy's lead singer, and they hung out all night. But I was with a girl that night, and I wasn't really interested in meeting the band because I'm not a big Loverboy fan. But you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, teach their own. You can't love every single band. I remember. Right. I remember um, one person comparing Loverboy to being a junkie foreigner. <laughs> right right I, I don't know i don't know if anybody else holds the same opinion but i i thought that was pretty funny when somebody said that once right right i don't know you know when you really think about it they can kind of they do kind of sound alike they, honestly they sound a lot alike if you didn't know either band and we're trying to figure out who played what songs you'd get confused pretty quick <laughs> Right, like if one of these kids, you know, you just put them on the spot today and say, okay, this is Loverboy and this is Foreigner, and played them one song of each of them, and then started playing random songs and asked them which one was which, they wouldn't get it. No, no, uh-uh. I bet, I bet yeah. if you've dug down deep enough in their archives, you might even be able to fool me on a couple of them. I right, almost, yeah. almost shouldn't admit that, but yeah, probably. So what other kind right. of things have you done in the in music? You started playing guitar. Like, when did you start playing guitar? Did you just ask me when did I start playing guitar? Yeah, yep. I lost you there for a second, but we're back. All right. Um, I actually picked up the guitar when I was 14. I didn't get serious about it until I was about 16. So I've been playing – I'm 49 now, so you do the math. I've been playing 34, 34 years, I think. That's crazy. That's super crazy. And I mean – And you know what's really about what, it? What's that? I didn't get into musical theory and start learning how to read the musical staff or, uh, or chord theory or anything like that until about, uh, 10 years ago, 11 years ago. Yeah. I mean, 
I didn't start doing anything like that until I was like 27, eight or nine. And I'm not even like the best at it, but, but like, it still blows my mind when like bassists will get up there and they'll just like give them the chords and the bassist will like walk around through all the chords a bunch. Like I just, that blows my mind. Right. Right. And I mean, maybe that's just like we were talking about earlier, like a guitarist playing a bass. That's like my thought process as a guitarist playing a bass. Like, I'm just like, wow, that's pretty cool. It's not that I couldn't do this, but I, I can't fluently do it like all these other guys can. Well, it wasn't the fact that I couldn't fluently do it. It was the 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 groove. I couldn't groove like a bass player. I could I can groove like a motherfucker on guitar, mm-hmm. but a bass player is kind I don't even know how to explain it. It's just like, a, you know, there's like a, they there's a groove. Yes. And, it's it's just it's strange. It's like bass players and drummers are like they share the same brain. Yeah, a little bit. One of them just uses something with strings and the other one doesn't. Right. And as far as I'm concerned, you know, you know what you know what you call a person that hangs around with musicians? What's that? A drummer. <laughs> oh. you know, they only got like they only got like 12 things to hit on the entire stage. A musician has like six strings and 24 frets per string. Mm-hmm. Well, a guitar player and a bass player, four strings, 24 frets per string. You do the math. Yeah. I mean, are, do you <laughs> play, do you play drums? Have you ever played drums? No, I mean, I tried. <laughs> I'm, I have no sense of rhythm when it comes to that shit, dude. Dude, I am not the greatest at drums either. I, it blows my mind seeing a good drummer, but just as much, like you said, like one of those solid bassists that's just every note is on the beat where it needs to be every single time. Like that's just like, dude, this guy is solid. This guy's rock solid. How does he do that? Right. You know, I feel like... It's, I, like, it's just crazy, man. It's the groove they hit. Yeah, and I feel like with guitar, it's at least a little bit more forgiving than it is with a bass or the drums when it comes down to... I mean, because obviously we're not in charge of keeping the rhythm as much, but still, like... Right, I mean, you do have to be on time to a, on a, to up to a certain point on guitar, but the cool thing about guitar is you're a lead instrument, so you can go off on your own. As long as you're in time with it, you mm-hmm. can do your own thing. And that's, I think, is why... Um, bass players are so so different than guitar players is because they're on the exact same page as the drummer yes the yeah exact so, same page. so you're not gonna no. see, you're not usually gonna see like bassists like throwing odd triplet beats in there and just doing all sorts of crazy stuff out of time right right you know the bass player it, it's cool to have a flashy bass player and it's cool to have a flashy drummer like mitch norton that guy Dude, he can Man, wail. He can wail. Drums, but if you try to get him to lay back in a pocket, might be a little bit more difficult. Right um, now, Nick is the ex- complete polar opposite of that. Nick is not that flashy. I mean, he's he could do some stuff, but he's not very flashy. But for staying in a pocket, he's like he's like Dean Davis, man. Dude, Dean Davis. I love how Dean Davis's name comes up on the podcast every now and then. <laughs> the guy is a stud. He is a stud, man. I remember going to see like one of my first jam nights, and I've told this story before on the podcast, I think, but Dean Davis is going up to play drums, and I'm just like, neat. 
old guy is going to go play drums. And then it's just like, dude, this guy is insanely good. He's like keeping time with the snare. And then all of a sudden he's keeping time with the cymbals and the snare is, is just got a whole bunch of grace notes and stuff. I'm like, where, how is he doing this? And then he comes back to just going back to the snare again. And it's, it's just mind blowing. Um, <laughs> he's really good. The first time I jammed at him was at a, jammed with him was at a jam night too. I mean, I'd met him and I'd talked to him a couple times. Oh, I lost you there. And I was like, you, okay. You, you met him and, and you talked to him a couple times. Oh. Yeah, and then Jeremy said, uh, you're going to get up and play with me, Dean, and Gene. Oh. And I was like, well, all right. Dude, that would have been a great lineup. It was fun, dude. I mean, I didn't know none of the songs, so they had to kind of walk me through them at the beginning. But once I learned it, you know, it was all basic blues type stuff, and it was very easy and it was a good time, man. I like playing. I, I like jamming. I'm, I might not be the best at jamming, mm-hmm. but I like to do it. Dude, I, and that's what I think the best part about the jam nights are, is like, I'm not the best at it either, but I love just being able to go up there and just being like, dude, I'll, I'll take some solos or I'll just sit in the back and let you guys shred it up. Like, I just like hanging out with people and playing music. I don't get the opportunity to do it that much outside of my own small group of musicians. So those jam nights used to just, those used to just be the best, man. That's one of the cool things about the Ford Dodge area is you've always got musicians that are collaborating with each other. Yeah. You know, um, you know, that's the, the song that I sent you in my email. Yes. I got it over here. Um, that's Jeremy Ober playing lead guitar on that one. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, you know, and that's Nick playing drums and Jeremy Pearson playing bass. And then it's uh, me doing all the rhythm stuff and singing lead. And then Nick and Jeremy on backup vocals. And uh, and then at the very end of the song, it's Mike and Tracy, Mike Hogan and Tracy Ernst on backup vocals. All right. And you know, you get people collaborating like that. You know, it's you get different stuff. You know. Yeah, I mean, especially if you have like an idea and you know kind of where you want to go with it, and then you bring somebody else, and you're like, "This is what I have painted." Or like this is what I have sketched out, I guess, and they can add their own little bits of colors here and there to it to to accentuate right. it a little bit. Yeah, and that's essentially what we did with that song. Is like uh, I I got in there and I recorded the guitar parts, and then I did a scratch vocal track, and then I taught it to Nick and Jeremy, and they did it, and we had a rough mix. And I sent that to Jeremy, and I said, "Hey, I want you to play lead guitar on this," and he said, "All right." And we went in there one night. It took him about two hours. And he laid down this ripping ass solo, dude. <laughs> of course, of course. It was totally different than what I had in my mind. Isn't that the best though, too? When you like go yes. somewhere and somebody else has something else in mind, and it's like, dude, this is cool. Yes, it's very cool, dude. And that's what I like about. That's why part of the reason that I'm so antsy to get back up there is because that's where my music scene is, man. I I know them people, and I I like I like I like collaborating with them and i like working with them and i want to do more of it yes i feel like it's a very non-judgmental music area um especially as of late in the north central iowa region like within like a 50 plus mile radius of fort dodge the musicians are all super positive they all go support one another i've seen some of them come down to des moines to my shows even it's wild yeah that's cool dude and i'll tell you what it, it hasn't always been like that I mean, when I first joined the Cavemen, there was a little bit of judgment between different bands and stuff. And we tr- we st- we kind of started, you know, us, the ski band, Wild Childhood. Um, we kind of started the whole, you know, 
being acceptance of each other mm-hmm. type thing. But I'll tell you who really pushed that into a new area is is Jeremy. Jeremy Ober and Sean Minicus and mm-hmm. uh, and those guys because those guys will play with anybody. They don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's all about music with them. Right. And, you know, that was also one of the coolest things was like going to jam nights and realizing that Jeremy knows every single person there. He calls right. them, calls them all up on stage by name. Uh, it's just wild. He's 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 in it wholeheartedly, and he's in it for the music, and that's that's what you got to be in it for. Have you done Have you done a podcast with him yet? Yeah, I believe uh, like maybe episode number ten. I'm not 100 percent sure off the top of my head what number, but I can go listen to that because I, I missed that one. Yeah, he was one of the first I ever did when I was still trying to figure out exactly what I was doing with the podcast. I'd like to sit down with him again. Uh, let's see your Jeremy what's over with, number 12. What's up with Three Finger Betty, Betty, are you guys going to be recording anything or are you guys just, uh, just doing the bar thing or what's, what's up with that? We, we recorded an album last year and, uh, had some difficulties with, uh, how we wanted to, uh, get a hold of the tracks and get them mastered and things like that. So we went a different route and went to a different studio and, and we had our rough mix, listening recently so it's not too far off from being mastered and having an ep put out and then uh it's it's one of those things when you play in a punk band like you can put out an album with like 25 songs or you can put out an ep with like six or seven or or what do you do because like three finger betty's to the point where i mean there's songs we don't even play anymore we probably have like 20 30 songs and only only like maybe 10 of them are recorded or 15 tops so no, put them all on a put them all on a fucking CD, dude, and release it. Yeah, I I, I, f- I feel like what we're gonna do is just do six at a time and try and we we had a couple EP ideas um, as far as like directions we wanted to go, quote unquote, artistically, but uh, that's I don't know. We're just we're still kind of I'm I don't take the driver's seat in any of the bands that I'm in. I'm kind of uh, I want to say like a backseat driver, um, but I I support everybody and like what they're doing. I don't have the time unfortunately to be as involved as i want to be in either one of the bands and it's unfortunate a lot of it's just because i'm so far away but uh right but that sucks being far away from the people that you like to jam with and that that kills me yeah and i'm sure you're in the same boat i am just being you know three hours south of of where i am you know that means you're two plus hours south of fort dodge in your area right so that, let me ask you this like i've never ventured into like the des moines area jam seen too much or anything like that but i i wouldn't even know where to begin have you ever tried to go down there in like central south central iowa anywhere like that and uh and find any places like that or you know i'm a, i'm a member of a of a couple of music pages on fake facebook one is like uh musicians of north central iowa or central iowa musicians or something like that and uh michael um something i can't remember his name right offhand but anyway he's the he's the administrator and uh you you post all your stuff on his pages too cool and yeah. uh and uh deluna michael deluna yes the yes good guy yeah i like him i've been i talked to him quite a bit and he, uh, he shares a lot he's of stuff invited me, he, he's invited me to quite a few and i just my wife works nights and most people do jam nights on week week nights mm-hmm. and she works nights on the week nights and we've got one car Oh, yep. So yeah, so, unless unless you want to walk or or thumb it. Right, right. 
and doing that with an amp and a guitar on yeah i don't think so man. no not not quite <laughs> man I don't, I don't know that's that is a tough deal too though is like just finding all of like being able to go to the places and do the things because music is a lot of travel believe it or not it really is man i mean if you want to get in with like-minded people you've got to look you've got to be open-minded and you've got to you've got to be willing to accept people for who they are that's one thing about being a musician is one thing i've learned over the years is and i think ricky moore the drummer for Beaver Creek really kind of ingrained this in me. He said, he told me that you don't have to like everybody, but you have to accept people for who they are because it takes all kinds. That's very true. You know, and so I've become, you know, in the last 10 years, I've become so much more accepting of different types of people, you know, than, than I ever was before. I... And, uh, I think it's opened up a lot, a lot of doors, at least, um, at least band-wise, because once you become more accepting of people, it becomes easier to talk to people. A hundred percent, man. I, you know, what's really crazy is it seems like every single podcast we get to about the fifty-minute mark, and some, and the guest always comes out with this this great piece of advice that can be applied not only to music but also to life. And I feel like you just hit one on the head right there, and that's being accepting of people. That's right. You just got to accept them. You don't have to like them. Bingo. You don't like to have you don't have to like their lifestyle. You just have to be able to accept who they are. Yeah. I mean, if you can do that and accept them for who they are, um you're you're ahead of you're ahead of all these freaking divisive political parties. You're ahead of all that stuff. Dude. Exactly. I feel like that's you know? that's probably the greatest part about music because, like you said, it takes all kinds. You'll get you will get absolute squares in there that can shred like crazy. You'll get, like you said, you'll get people that that can drink and do good. Like I can't, but like you'll find all sorts of people in there. Uh, people that don't necessarily play blues going to a blues jam, and it's like somehow this metal stuff still fits good, you know. So it takes all kinds of not only just like people from all walks of life, but it. It takes all sorts of styles of music and everything. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're young, old, fat, skinny, uh, colored. It doesn't ma- None of it matters. Like, none of it literally does matter, especially when it comes to music, because when you close your eyes, it's all just music. Right. Oh, lost you. That's right. And I'm sorry to... Oh. Nope, we got you back. Got me again? Yep. All right. The only thing that I don't like, and I'm sorry to the people out there that do like this, but I... Do not like gangster rap. Yeah, it's not my favorite. I don't like it. what? It's not my favorite either. I mean, I know that it, it, you know, it's their style of music, so I accept, I accept it. But I'm not going to listen to it. No, and I mean, like in the '80s, I, I don't know. And this is just some of it, just from coming from my age. But like in the '80s into the '90s, it was definitely better than today. But that's also, like I said, just me being like, "Well, when I was growing up, the rap music was better than." That's just you know, it's just me getting older and being an old guy. But like, I, right? It's like if I were to go up to somebody and some kid today and say, "You should check out some Frank Zappa," they'd be like, "Who the fuck is Frank Zappa?" Yeah, and then they'd they'd <laughs> probably go on YouTube and find the video of him trying to play the bicycle as an instrument. Bike, bike, the bike Yes. <laughs> I'm so glad you know what I'm talking about. This is awesome. <laughs> this is sweet. Dude, he had yeah. some he had some really good tunes though. And I found out about Zappa through Steve Vai, you know, being oh guitar guy, Steve Vai is the greatest. Oh, he played with Zappa and like who's Zappa? It's like Zappa played weird stuff. And you look it up and you're like, holy crap, Zappa was 
kind of out of his mind, but also at the same time, like so ahead of the game. He was so ahead of the game. His music is so good. Have you ever listened to Joe's Garage? No. Oh, man, that's my favorite Zappa album. Look it up. Listen to it. I'm going to. Love it. Make it a part of your life, dude, because it is incredible. It tells a story of a kid, like a Catholic kid growing up and becoming a rock star. Nice. And it, it's 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 a, it's a conceptual album, and it is just such – it's it's so funny. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a Telefunken U47. Oh, man. You got, you got to listen to it. I'll, check, I'll so check it out. And another – another um, I'm not much into today's music. I like some of today's like like harder edge music. Like um, I, I like Ghost. Yeah. I Ghost really good. I saw them um, live. They were good. Yeah, and I like Volbeat. And, not not uh, bad. I like uh, I like like uh, Godsmack. I'm not a big Shinedown fan, but I like some of their songs. But there's one guy, and you got to check this guy out, man. All right. And don't listen to any of his his studio produced stuff. Look at listen to the live videos, okay? All right. Because his studio stuff, some of the stuff gets a little rappy. All right. But this guy's name, and I, I if you've heard of him, you're gonna surprise me, but is Ragan Bone Man. Rag and Bone Man? Yeah, he's from Britain. Alright, I'll check it out. You it's like a it's like a cross between between soul, gospel, rock. It's just I mean, after I first heard him, I, I was blown away the first time I um look up the, the Vivo Halloween show and watch that. Viva Halloween. Yep, V E V O Halloween show. Alright. Alright. Rag and Bone Man. I'll check it out, man. That's another yeah, cool thing about this is like getting people's influences and the things that make them tick because like, um, I mean, Rag and Bone Man might not, I've never heard of him, but it might not be something that if somebody saw you playing guitar and saw you from the outside, they'd be like, oh, you're probably into this. No, they, they would not guess that I'm into this by looking at me. Not at all. And that's like my favorite part about musicians is like a lot of musicians have, I don't want to say like dark secrets when it comes to like music they like. It's like they're guilty pleasures or whatever, but. It's a pretty wide variety a lot of times. Yeah, we're all in, like like I said, music is subjective. It's what you like. Mm -hmm. You know, it all depends on your taste. And, you know, when I was listening, when I first heard, uh, here, I'll tell you, um, the, the, do you, are you into video games at all? Uh, very little. Not, not new okay. ones. All right. About three years ago or so, there was a video game came out and it was uh, the sequel to Mass Effect. Okay. And. They played a song on it, and it uh, <clears throat> it's called Cumin, and it's by Rag and Bone Man. And the, oh. the only part that they played on the commercial is, uh, I'm, I'm only human after all. I'm only human after all. Don't I remember that me. song now. Yeah, well, that's him. Oh, and I cool. went and I looked that song cool. on YouTube, and I listened to the whole song. I was like, wow. And then I started looking at his live videos, and I found that Vivo a Halloween bash thing. And man, this guy is good. And his band is phenomenal. That's wild, man. And that's, that's the best part about it is like, like you said, it takes all kinds of people. It takes all kinds of music and, and there's no harm in liking music outside of whatever genre you play either. That's right. I mean, I like a lot of different genres of music, but I play classic rock and some new rock. Yeah, and, you know? I, and I feel like a lot of people get really tied up in that too, where it's like I'm metal and I only have to like metal, and 
I can't ever let anybody else know that I like, you know, X, Y, or Z, David Bowie or whatever it is, you know, like I got to keep it a secret I or whatever. <laughs> See, there you David go. Bowie is a huge part of my influences too, man. I, I freaking love Bowie. Well, we got about an hour in already on this podcast, man. Is there uh, anything else you want to cover? I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the, uh, the Facebook page for Beaver Creek here again. Is it Beaver Creek four on Facebook? Yeah, it's Beaver Creek. And then the number four. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up the page here. No, not PV Beaver Creek four. Can you tell? Incidentally, the name Beaver Creek actually comes from the name of a Creek that runs down through the meadow. Oh yeah. 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 On, on Facebook, if anybody wants to go find them on Facebook, there's going to be a link uh, in the description section. Otherwise, it's uh, at Beaver Creek period four on Facebook, or you can just search Beaver Creek four. You'll you'll find them there. There's pictures of them and shows and everything. There's Chip right yeah, we got, there. We got videos up, and I'll tell you every week what we're doing, and you oh, guys heck will yeah. have to come check this out, man. Hey, you guys got a decent amount of videos up there. Yeah, we got a lot. Yeah, there's um, about 20. That's thanks to my wife and... Uh, and Rick's wife, they they come to a lot of our shows and uh, they record, you know, I tell them what songs to record. And sometimes they just record something because they think it sounds good. Yeah. And they all get thrown up there. So, yeah, might as well, man. Throw it all at the wall and see what sticks. That's right. All right, man. Um, you, you don't have, um, I'm sure you don't have like an Instagram or Twitters or anything like that for this. I don't understand how that crap works, dude. All right. Maybe, a, <laughs> dude, you're you're not technologically disadvantaged though. Like, I bet I could sit down with you for about ten minutes and you'd be like, "Oh, this is easy as crap." Oh, dude, I'm actually I'm a techno guy. Yeah, I, I, I had my own computer company for about seven years. I think I was gonna say I feel like I remember that from back in the day. You were really good with computers. Right. Yeah. It's just I haven't gotten into the new stuff like Instagram or Twitter, mm-hmm. and I really don't have an urge to. You know. Oh yeah, I was talking. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, was, I feel like the same way a little bit because I, I used to make websites and I'm making one right now for Audible Farm, but I, I just crossed my mind today that's like I made websites before they were on phones. That's how long, right. it's, been, that's how long it's been since I made websites. So I'm a little rusty. <laughs> yeah, I made my first website in like 2001. So yeah. Yeah, good old HTML. <laughs> right, right. And, I, you know, I, I dabbled a little bit in Java too. Yeah, I did like P- PHP and and stuff along those lines, but I I could never understand PHP. I tried to da- dive into it a little bit, but I think that would take some actual schooling for me to get that. The only reason I used PHP was to access databases. Well, yeah, that's that's what it's for. Yep, that was. I mean, you just figure out what you need to do to make it access exactly what. Anyway, yeah, whatever. That's goofy techno talk. We were doing tech talk on Audible Farm podcast. Hit up me and Chip if you need your computer fix. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this, is, this is now tech talk. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have anything else you want to cover while we're sitting here on the podcast together? I just, uh, I want to say thanks, Peter. Yeah. Um, I've had a blast talking to you. Um, I wish you the best with uh, with your band, and uh, uh, I hope to see you guys play soon. I, I don't think I've ever seen you. I'd love to see you. And you guys play Des Moines. Problem is, when you guys are playing in Des Moines, I'm up at Fort Dodge playing. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> I was so actually, hopefully, I hope 
we could co- we could sync up sometime and I can come to one of your shows. I would love that. Yeah, man. Because I mean, like even as we talked like earlier in the podcast, I've I think I've only seen you once, and it was like by accident. I went to that art show to go see somebody that had set up at the art show, and I was just like, oh shit, I know this guy, you know. So <laughs> I need I need me some more some more live music. I need to see you play again, you know. So I was thanks very much for making some time for me today to like sit down, even as slightly inconvenient as Skype was. It actually worked out pretty well. It did work out. It did work out. Aside from the, the, the five or six times that it went. <laughs> totally. Thanks, Skype. Oh, man. Well, I'm going to put the link to your uh, Beaver Creek Facebook page down below so everybody can come follow you. Um, find out where to hit you up if they want to uh, book you. There's that send message button on the page there. So uh, you guys are going to be in the studio. Got a new album coming up ready next year. We're hoping we're hoping early like 2020 so like first quarter 2020 we're hoping nice nice so within the next six months you're gonna have a new album that's what we're hoping cool beans yeah good luck on that recording process because i mean i fell victim to that once so hey you you guys freaking get your shit done and get it out too so i can get a copy of it damn right dude well thank you so much for sitting down with me chip this is awesome all right man thanks a lot yep have a good night you too bud yeah, there's another one. That's episode 57 with Chip Evans in the bank. You know, Chip dropping knowledge at the end of that podcast. You know, Chip's always been one of the nicer guys that I've I've met around the area. Not that people are just raging a-holes or anything, but like he's really, really nice to me. Always has been. He's always been super friendly pretty much to everyone. And uh, I guess it's a little bit more apparent now, uh, understanding what I understand now as... You know, you just got to accept everybody. You know, it takes all kinds of people. Uh, it's, it's not a bad way to live by. You know, he even threw out a little bit of social commentary in that one where he talks about, like, there's none of these political things that can divide you. No Facebook groupings, no algorithms, none of that. As long as you just understand that everybody is their own person, then everybody's going to get along, and that's all it really takes. So thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Chip. Make sure you look at his links down below. Oh, I guess there's going to be a link to The Cave Band. That's the Facebook link to The Cave Band. Uh, Check them out. They're really good. Like I said, I've seen them before, and it was one of those deals where if the band wasn't so good, I wouldn't have turned to look to see Chip playing guitar. That's how good they are. So uh, they're they're head-turningly good. Is that that a good... That's actually literally what happened. So... Uh, you know, shout out to the Beaver Creek Four or the Beaver Creek Band or the Beaver Creek Trio. In any capacity, Beaver Creek is uh, a very top-notch band. I recommend you going to their Facebook page, checking it out. There's videos and all sorts of stuff there as well as hitting them up if you want to try and book them. But uh, we found out in the podcast they're going to be hitting the studio. So uh, I wish them all the best on the endeavors of going through the studio. It's not always easy. And... Uh, you know what? It is fun, though. It is fun going to the studio and seeing, uh, you know, that art take place and uh, end up being on a finalized copy of something. So that's really cool. Uh, Chip's always out supporting people. I, you know, I was talking about he's asking me questions about my band, saying he wants, you know, he's got to get me get him one of those CDs that we're going to make. So, you know, I'm, I'm super stoked about this. This is really cool. Slowly but surely, we're building a nice community of people that are just out there just kicking ass and i'll tell you what um 
he he pointed fingers at a few people that were that are leading the charge in that, and I would definitely have to agree with him. Uh, if you pass by that part of the episode in the uh, in this episode, uh, I'd recommend going back and listening. But uh, you know, people like Jeremy Ober, uh, just playing all the time with everybody at every turn. He's always always showing up at jam nights and and other people's shows to support him. Uh, there are plenty of people like him in the community. Uh, not just Jeremy, so I, I do want to say hats off to everybody in the Fort Dodge area, North Central Iowa. Uh, you know, like within a 50-plus mile radius. This we're talking some of the most supportive musicians ever uh, within their group. So I, I really appreciate how everything feels to be turning over a new leaf in Northern Iowa. Uh, not that ever was really that bad, but then again, I was not in the music scene up until recently in Northern Iowa. So. You know, it's, it's really cool. I'm really happy that I'm, I, I get to meet people and re-meet people. Uh, you know, like Chip, I get to re-meet him. Uh, I haven't talked to him in years and years and years. So it's really kind of cool. I really do enjoy uh, being able to sit down with people, whether it's via Skype or face-to-face uh, in any capacity and talk to them. And I'm, I'm just really humbled that uh, I get to be along for the ride with everybody here. And uh, I, I got to say thanks to uh, our partners the partners are the Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association. You can check out their link down below. They're they're doing the same thing I'm doing in an aspect where they're trying to just help people understand that there are people out there making art and and they want to support people that are doing all of the hard work to uh, get their art in any fashion out there. That's uh, arts, bands. I mean, they, they have all sorts of things going on. Check it out at their website. There's a calendar loaded with stuff to do in the North Central Iowa area. I also want to say thanks to the Iowa Podcast Network. Uh, it's a nice networking of, of podcasts that got together, and we all kind of try and pump each other's numbers up and talk to each other about how awesome we are. There's some good podcasts out there, guys. And uh, you know what? I've, I've been trying to find a way to make a nice little network of my own to find whether or not it's radio shows, radio DJs, uh, podcasts. I found a couple other podcasts that kind of do a little bit about kind of like what I'm doing, but just in a different area of the state or with a different type of music or with just a slightly different platform. I found radio shows, internet, and both terrestrial radio, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. So I'm trying to find a way to reach out to all these people and just let everybody know that I know that they're out there and I just want everybody to be aware that we're all fighting the same fight and uh, there's strength in numbers. So if you like the podcast, uh, let me know. Write a review somewhere. Give us five stars. Subscribe. Like, share. Do all the good stuff. If you really, really like the podcast, I've got shirts. There's Audible Farm Podcast shirts. That's right. You can go to Facebook.com. Check out Audible Farm's page, at Audible Farm on Facebook. And uh, it's it's the pinned post. It's the post right at the top. If you go to the posts, it's, it's right there. We've got shirts. Email us, audiblefarm at gmail.com. Check it out. Be on the lookout for uh, a redesigned Audible Farm podcast website, uh, audiblefarm.com. Right now, uh, there still is a website up, and there will be for for forever, maybe. I don't know. There's a website up right now. I'm working on redesigning it and trying to house a few more things on there. Uh, if you want to get a hold of me in any capacity, want to be a guest on the show, I am very open now that I have this Skype set up uh, done for. There's a lot of people that I've bypassed in the first year and a half because I did not have a Skype set up and and I was just, I was not going to do it. I was trying to avoid it at all costs. I am very busy and this week was no different. So uh, if you want to do a Skype cast with me and we can't get together, hit me up. Let's do it. Otherwise, uh, if I've forgotten about you, uh, which I may or may not have, 
hit me up again. Shoot me a, a message at audiblefarm.com. Check it out. This episode was brought to you by Couch Town Coffee. Couchtown Coffee, roasted right here in Iowa, shipped to your door, www.couchtowncoffee.com. Check it out. Go to the Our Coffee section. Enter the code word CHIP when you make an order. You will save 20%. This is actually the first time I've ever used somebody's name as the code word, actually. Um, I said actually twice. No, this is the first time I've used somebody's name. I just didn't want to use Cave again for the Cave Band. Um, So I just went with CHIP. CHIP. Saving 20%. Get that code word CHIP. Best coffee in Iowa. Roasted right here in Iowa. Couchtown Coffee. www.couchtowncoffee.com I want to say thanks once again to my guest, Chip Evans. I want to say thank you to all the listeners out there. Uh, This podcast is growing. It's a nice community of people. And I I hope everybody remains positive and just just keeps loving what's going on. Because it's not about me. It's it's about all these guys I'm interviewing. Guys and gals. I've interviewed some pretty friggin' talented women too. So check out all the extra podcasts I've got. Uh, If you're new to the podcast, uh, this is episode 57. I've got 56 other ones spanning musicians, artists, entertainers, professional wrestlers, podcasters, comedians uh, from the Quad Cities through Des Moines all the way up through northern Iowa into northwestern Iowa. I've, I've got quite the reach. I see a lot of people in my travels. And I just want to talk to everybody and see what they got going on. So if you want to talk to me, go to www.audibleform.com. Scroll to the bottom. Fill out the form. I will get an email. If you want a shirt, go to facebook.com. Check out the post. Figure it out. Email me at audiblefarm at gmail.com. And let's, uh, let's get this thing going. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Peace.